Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effects on the markets. This podcast is for educational purposes and should not be taken as investment advice. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you're prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now onto the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back for another episode. For those of you who are new, thank you very much for listening. I am the Toro Trading School lead here. And as usual, I'm joined by Josh Gilbert, our market analyst based out in Australia. Good as always to have you with us today, Josh. Yeah, great to be here as always, Sam. It was good to catch up with you yesterday. So for those that don't know, we we have a little catch up just before we do uh, the podcast. And we were talking about our, our plans and some of the special guests we have lined up. I think our, our listeners are in for a bit of a treat. Absolutely. Yeah, lots to look forward to there. We will, of course, keep up to date with the regular updates that you all love. But we've got a few special episodes along the way as well. So, yeah, definitely uh, definitely some interesting uh, podcast episodes to look out for, for sure. Yeah, definitely. How's, uh, how's your week been anyway? I imagine uh, you're pretty tired right now from from waking up early for the England game. But other than that, how are you? How's the week been? Yeah, yeah, early wake up. Um, it's not been too bad. We've we've had a a little bit of a setback here in in Australia. A few COVID cases on the rise. Restrictions been rolled out again. Um, just feels like not. This is never going to really end. To be honest, um, we might even be heading into a bit of a snap lockdown, which has always been good about Australia. Good and good and bad in the same sense. We don't want to go into lockdown, but they've handled this situation quite well. Um, but yeah, not sure when this will all end. How about yourself? Not ideal. Not ideal. No. Well, on, on the cap on the the subject of COVID, I had my my first jab on. When do I have it? Saturday morning. Uh, so I've just recovered from from my dead arm. Um, but uh, yeah no all all heading in the right direction and actually despite having uh, a few days of uh, of poor weather we've got the sun back out so things are looking on the up um, but yeah yeah not too bad this end Uh, what is what's on the agenda for for this week obviously we'll we'll talk about crypto I mean how can we not but uh, yeah what else have we have we got to cover today yeah, a few things I wanted to touch on. Um, the first is is EV. So in the electric vehicle sector, obviously was massively in favor over the last sort of year, 2020. Names like Tesla and, and Neo. We've sort of seen some more traditional names come through, uh, which I think would be good to, to sort of cover for our listeners and, and what to watch there. I also want to touch on the banks. We've we've seen a great start year today from the financial sector. We've got the US stress tests uh, results out this week as well. And obviously in terms of that sort of cyclical rotation. So yeah, give the listeners a bit of insight as to what the stress tests are, what to expect moving forward. We've also got a, um, an eToro copy portfolio, um, which is uh, big banks, which can really help investors that look and gain, to gain exposure to sort of that financial sector or just the general banking sector as well and like you say of course we can never go an episode without touching on crypto it always gives us something to talk about <laughs> yeah exactly even in the most quiet weeks there will still be crypto to, to save our day but now i'm looking forward to this one absolutely i think the electric vehicle space is, is still so interesting so i'm keen to hear your thoughts on that um well let's start with that um if you were to give us a, a few minutes update on it all how would you go about it what are the What's the thought process 
Yeah, look, I mean, 2020 was the year for sort of EVs, wasn't it? You know, we had startups popping up all over the place, you know, lots of names coming into to, uh, to the foresight. Um, but obviously, as I said, the main names were Tesla and Neo. Tesla was up around about 700% and Neo was up about 1100% in 2020. So we had some massive gains there. Both have, have sort of come off their record high since. And growth has sort of slowed down in 2021, you know, particularly as, um, you know, inflation rises, tech isn't as attractive, you know, the, those sort of high prices on tech, you know, people aren't as willing to, to pay the prices they were in, in sort of 2020. Um, look, I still think both these companies will be, you know, instrumental in the future for EV. Neo is backed by the Chinese government uh with over a billion dollars of investment you know look and tesla is continuing to expand with new sites in texas berlin and, and growth in shanghai as well and again you know in in somebody in charge like elon musk i think he can really take them forward i think in terms of how he structured the business over the years um again you know how he's sort of still enabled the business to turn a profit, if you like, um, in an expansion phase that they are. I think people can sometimes overlook that. Yes, again, the profit is coming from, you know, tax credits and things like that. Maybe not the vehicles, but again, we're still talking about a growth company here. We're looking a long way ahead of time. We've still got another 10 years, really, until EVs are the main focal point of cars. So again, still looking at growth there. Um, but yeah, both have obviously a long way to go. But look, we're obviously seeing more, you know, sort of traditional automakers aggressively enter the space. Um, VW or Volkswagen announced that they plan to launch 70 fully electric vehicles by 2030. Uh, they've already started 20 uh, on their production line. Their share price has already jumped about 50% this year on the back of sort of some really positive news within that sector. Um, stocks such as EV as, as well, you know, for me, the, the benefit there is that they've still got the ability in that meantime to still, you know, sell these traditional, you know, petrol diesel vehicles as we continue that transition to EV and, and sort of in this cyclical environment, um, we often do tend to see a, a higher spend on, on car upgrades as well. So, yeah, no, looking, looking forward to, to see how that all, all develops yesterday on the, on the market watch webinar that we do on, on a Tuesday, we had a look at some of the names and, um, you know, I think Tesla started to recover a touch from, you know, a few, few months or where it was moving lower. Neo, the same has broken some key resistance. So for anyone that does want to check that out, you can watch that on demand. Uh, on the still, the subject of, of electric vehicles, where do we see the, uh, the sort of the largest sales at the moment? So, yeah, look, I mean, sort of staying with VW and the benefit for them is it's the highest number of sales is in Europe. Um, that was in 2020 anyway. Previously, it was China. Um, so, yeah, Europe took over in 2020 ahead of the US and China. Look, the, the benefit there with VW is that they're a dominant brand in Europe. Um, you know, it's also trading about seven times earnings, which is, again, relatively cheap. Again, when you put that up against, you know, Tesla and, and Neo and and you know their their sort of earnings per share and their profitability in their um, their balance sheet. So, 
the the only downside for VW is is their growth in China, which which is actually a huge market. Um, it, it's it's been slow for them, and and as I say, that's a key um, area for any EV manufacturer. Um, and if you want to dominate the EV market, then you know you, you've got to be you know having huge growth in in China. I think the the number I read was that they only sold about fifteen hundred vehicles in the first three months, compared to Tesla selling about fifteen thousand. Um, in their first few months there. So again, that's a big difference, especially when you're a big brand like VW as well. Um, but it, yeah, look, so far, they haven't really been able to deliver like Tesla have. So that'll be interesting to see, you know, from VW, you know, and finally, you know, on that sort of traditional sector, um, we can still look at Ford, who are also aggressively moving into the EV space as well. Again, has had a really strong start year to date, up around about 75%. It was really hit hard by the effects of the pandemic. Um, you know, at one point, its share price was about 54%. So it's recovered really, really well. Um, in May of this year, they announced um, its new F-150 Lightning model. Um, so it was a, like a sort of an SUV truck, which took about 45,000 pre-orders in 24 hours. Um, it actually cost $100 to, to pre-order as well. So I'm sure the listeners can do the master, but they made uh, you know a fair bit of cash even before selling a vehicle just in pre-orders. So um, look, they again have got you know massive plans to continue to grow the EV section of the business. They plan to spend, spend about 25 billion by 2025, and again, that's the the benefit here with with Ford um, and VW and these more traditional names. They've got the capital to move into these sectors. How they do that will obviously be interesting to see. But again, at the moment. Um, in this environment like VW, we're, we're seeing that they will benefit in the in the meantime as they transition towards more electric vehicles. Um, car prices at the moment are continuing to soar. Um, Wall Street price targets continue to stay high and rise for things like Ford and Volkswagen. So overall, these, these are two traditional names that sort of are redefining themselves. And it'd be really interesting to watch the sort of Q2 earnings, um, especially as we move towards, as I say, that EV section and as the sort of um, car sales markets sort of prices are continuing to rise there. So definitely something to watch for the listeners. Yeah, no, definitely. It'd be interesting to see how these, you know, the electric cars develop over the next few years and what they look like. My, uh, my first ever car, certainly wasn't electric, um, was, uh, was a Fiat Panda. Uh, it had a tape deck, uh, believe it or not. And I had that for I had about, a tape deck. I had, I had a little Peugeot 106 with a tape deck as well. I mean, <laughs> I, I had my car for about, when I get it when I was 18, had it about, yeah. 10 years which was people used to to come up to me and refuse to get into my car when I was giving them a lift the football is that bad (laughs) (laughs) 10 years that's a good stint you deserve an EV mate when it gets to that point I do yeah if anyone's listening out there from one of these EV companies holler at me um moving Musk get in touch yeah exactly Elon hit me up um you mentioned we're gonna talk about uh, a copy portfolio and one of the Toro copy portfolios the big banks how come you wanted to to bring that up? I'm guessing, I'm guessing because of the expectations of, of higher bond yields, uh, etc. Yeah, exactly. Um, the bond yields, obviously, uh, as we as we know uh, from from our perspective, we we expect them to rise, and and obviously, uh, the banks are likely to to sort of benefit from that. The U.S. banks, as I mentioned, we'll learn this week as well. I think it was Thursday um, of the latest stress tests uh, in the in the U.S. Um, that obviously come from the from the Federal Reserve. So, 
basically a bit of backstory. Most of the US banks were um, basically buying a lot of stocks before the pandemic. And then this was stopped during the pandemic. So they were uh, purchasing uh, buybacks. So stock buybacks obviously had um, attractive dividends as well. Over the pandemic, um, this was stopped uh, due to the stress tests. Um, Banks were basically had to halt in terms of loan losses um, and the Federal Reserve just restricted them in terms of what they could do. This has slowly been rolled out again at the start of Q1. Um, but we should see, see the full rollout again um, from Thursday's results. But yeah, basically, as I say, but before the um, before the pandemic, US banks were were buying a lot of a lot of their own stock, a lot of buybacks. And after a year of adding to their sort of own balance sheets, we can probably expect a, a big increase in in buybacks. Obviously, as long as these banks meet to the particular requirements. Um, look, as I said, the, the banks are in a great place at the moment. They've come out of the pandemic much better than, you know, probably even themselves probably would have expected um, as they obviously over anticipated on loan losses. And they had plenty of cash in return, which we actually saw return to the balance sheet um, in most of the Q1 reports that we saw sort of this year. Obviously, they kick off earnings seasons each quarter and uh, they set the precedent really there in the Q1 report, some strong earnings across the board. But a key thing to note as well, we can expect dividends to be resumed. And this will, of course, obviously excite any income investors. You know, if you're looking to that diversification, um, obviously looking at a a dividend stock is always a a nice benefit to have there. So, yeah, we expect that to be uh, sort of return. Pretty much looking at across the board, I think looking at all the US banks, they should pass their stress test from looking at the numbers we've been looking at. But, but yeah, putting all this together, there is a lot of positivity around the sort of the financial sector, obviously focusing on the, the banks. The GDP recovery that we're obviously seeing is is really strong, um, great growth there. And obviously, as we mentioned, the the rise in, in yields uh, moving forward. So the, the sector is also relatively cheap as well. You know, it's it's been pretty much ignored for you know, sort of three, four years is most investors focused on growth as well. You know, the, the price to earnings ratio is, is, is very, very low names like JP Morgan, Wells Fargo. Um, so that will obviously be, uh, you know, a positive for, for any value investors out there, you know, looking for a, for a bargain, but um, yeah, look, as I say, we touched on the, the portfolio um, and this is obviously, as I say, where the big banks portfolio comes in. Um, it can be found in our copy portfolios page. So on the Toro platform under investing copy portfolios, the portfolio essentially allocates the 25 largest banking stocks and other financial institutions, according to the amount of total assets under the balance sheet. It gives a you know a very diversified approach to the banking sector, including names like obviously JP Morgan and Wells Fargo. It's built by uh, eToro's experts in house. Um, there are no management fees, so it's if essentially perfect for uh, investors that are looking for something a little bit more passive. And the benefit with something like this is it means that you're not having to individually um, you know buy each stock or you're not having to to go out of your way and and do the research. Um, of course, you can you know have a look into uh, the portfolios, do the research on the the stocks in that portfolio. Um, but yeah, it's it's a great way to to gain exposure to the banking sector at the moment uh, without without having to to sort of purchase fifteen or twenty different stocks at one time. So yeah, no, it's definitely uh, definitely benefits there. And I was actually checking it out. Uh, the big banks, if you just type that in, guys, as, as Josh said there too, you'll search and you and it will come up on, on the copy portfolio. And it's had a, a good run, like you said, um, of, of late. It'd be certainly one to keep an eye on to see how we develop through the upcoming weeks, months uh, as well for the for the rest of the year. Next up, I imagine quite a few people's favourite 
um, subject still, despite the uh, the recent moves that we had over the last few days. Uh, we'll we'll talk about crypto. What are your what are your thoughts on it all right now? Yeah, what a crazy day yesterday. Um, yeah, absolutely crazy day yesterday. And um, I, I think the, the funny thing is at the moment, whenever I go to, to sleep and I wake up the next morning, the expectation of what the Bitcoin price is when I wake up is <laughs> is, is very, <laughs> is, is always, always lightens my morning anyway. Um, but yeah, obviously we, we dropped below 30K uh, last night with Bitcoin for the first time for since January. Yeah, first time since January that we've fallen sort of below that that price. Uh, that was obviously on Tuesday. That obviously stems from obviously the crackdown mainly in, in China in terms of mining operations. Uh, what this sort of means, just to give a bit of background, the latest ban means that more than 90% of China's mining capacity, uh, which actually accounts for 75% of the world's capacity, is estimated to be offline. So that's obviously huge. You know, this is really, really big um, sort, of, sort of news coming out of, of China. And that's obviously why we've seen the market rock. Look, although short term, this is, of course, negative for the price long term. I think we could probably take some benefits out of this. Um, you know, this will obviously end or is likely to end the Chinese dominance when it comes to mining. And we could see the space transition to to more crypto friendly countries that in turn will then lead the space and we then won't be dominated by obviously China. And it also also could see the step up that we might want to see from renewable energy. I know a lot of the energy that's used in china at the moment comes from coal um coal coal energy i think to to mine the crypto out there i think back along earlier in the year what there was actually a a flood at one of the coal mines uh, which actually shut down and then basically um, lowered the hash rate massively on the on the mining of crypto which then in turn affected the price so if we can then move to those more renewable energy sectors you know, maybe it's time for for Elon to to step up and uh, give us his plans on the renewable side. But yeah, look, of course, come this and, is obviously come and save the day. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I I wonder if this has been his plan all along. You know, just to come in and sweep up, and you know, everyone sort of not really liked him much recently. But this is his chance to come and save the day, be the hero. You know, yeah. Come on, Elon, come through and, and save the day. Classic. <laughs> but yeah, look, I mean, obviously, this, of course, has obviously then had an effect on the broader crypto market, as per usual. Obviously, when Bitcoin sells off, the, the sort of the broader market then tends to follow. Um, and obviously, you know, investors are obviously questioning their investments at the moment. Absolutely. You know, when you if, if you were buying in at the top and, you know, most people could be 50, 60, 70 percent down. So I think probably something to note here at this point is it's key to remember why you were investing into an asset in the first place. This for me resonates that all investors need to do their research and don't just invest because something's going up. You know, if you're investing into a crypto um, because you, you you like the blockchain technology, you like smart contracts, you like how it can change the financial industry, then really that sort of long term aspect hasn't really changed. Um, but again, this sort of then resonates why you shouldn't just invest in an asset because it's going up. You know, you need to really do that research and and make sure you know, the fundamentals are there for you. But um, but look, obviously, it was really interesting to see Bitcoin sort of fall below that 30K support. We spoke about it a couple of times and it traded as low as about twenty eight and a half thousand. It has bounced off that low quite aggressively. It's it sort of jumped about sort of six, seven thousand, trading about thirty four thousand as of right now. Yeah. But yeah, look, I mean, look what we're looking at now in in terms of support and resistance. I mean, for me, I think by the looks of it, the bears still probably slightly in control, still looking a bit 
sort of bearish in terms of some of the technicals on the moving averages as well. But I don't think we'll really see the balls take charge again until we breach 40. But yeah, what, what where's the support levels and where the, the sort of the resistance from here? Yeah, and I think uh, I think you're right. I mean that 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 low that we reached, the 28, the 30, that whole region is is so key, dating back to I think support that we had on the 4th of January. So that didn't go, and that was key. And we've had a, a bounce, like you said, up five percent. I think at the moment. I think actually where we're trading, just a little bit above here, sort of 35,000 is is a key resistance point, and it's almost like mid range, which you could argue Bitcoin has been in since. Uh, sort of the 19th of of, uh, of last month. So if it gets above that, then can we drift to the top of the range? Yeah, maybe. But to break out of the range and really push on, then, yeah, I'm with you. It has to get above that 42,000, that 40,000, you know, close a day or a week there. And then we're looking at a different story. But at the moment, you know, a, a little victory for the Bulls yesterday for us not to, to make a new low. But yeah, I think the bears are still overall in control of this market as long as we stay below that 14. At the moment, that's, you know, 6,000 away. So a fair, fair, fair bit to, to go there. Um, but, uh, you know, carrying on from, from last week's podcast, obviously US stocks have continued to push on despite a little blip from, from the, from the Fed meeting. I think Nasdaq finished on a, a new record high yesterday. So there is some positivity uh, out there for, for markets. Uh, but look, guys, thank you very much for, for listening as usual, depending on when you listen to this. We've got the Toro Trading School course, which is actually running today, a three part course, Wednesday, Thursday and Friday, one uh, o'clock uh, UK time to 2.30. will be available on demand should you want to join us. It's uh, on a, an introduction to trading. And also next Monday, uh, myself and Ben Laidler, our global market uh, strategist, will be uh, giving a weekly outlook via a webinar so that be monday one o'clock and as usual you've got the market watch webinar on tuesdays but uh yeah head over to the itoro training school to to find out more we'll be back next week as usual josh thank you very much for joining no thank you so much again thanks everyone for joining as well super guys have a great week uh, and we'll catch you this time next week You've been listening to Digest and Invest by eToro. For more information, visit eToro.com.